Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Burquist, your host today of Women Leading the Way, and do I have a woman who's leading the way today? I'm super excited um, to introduce my guest. Our topic today is Speak Easy, Speak Bold, and when I say those words, I have to say I'm clarifying and making sure I am enunciating correctly because I'm being critiqued now with our guest today. I just know it. But I'm excited <laughs> to introduce to all of our listeners our leading lady and my guest today, the amazing and wonderful, because I know her so well, Mary Van Dorn is our guest today. She's the founder and the CEO of Power and Presence. She has made, in just the last few years, a huge shift from one industry to another. And what an incredible journey I know she's been on, what a specialty she does now. And we're going to be talking today about not only how to speak easy and speak bold, but Mary's journey. So, Mary, say hello and welcome to the show. Hello, Michelle. Thank you so much. That was a lovely introduction. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I've well, I tried. I've an incredible journey. <laughs> you you have, and I'm excited. You have, and I want our listeners to know, to just share what you, what you were doing for many years before you decided to really, you know, move over and be the founder, right, and the CEO of Power and Presence. But share with our listeners what you used to do briefly, right, because we want to kind of set the stage for that. Right. Um, I started in mortgage banking way, way back, like when in the typewriter era, right? And I progressed through... <laughs> processing, underwriting, and I found out that the real money was being made by the loan officers, basically the salespeople in that industry. So I moved over to that, and I enjoyed it a lot, mostly because I enjoyed developing relationships with people. And mortgage banking is a lot of numbers, and I am absolutely a numbers nerd. So meeting new people and working (laughs) with numbers was really a niche that I loved. I Um, love that. And it's like – Oh, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, fast forward. I found how I found the niche to where I am today is I love to teach, and I used to teach night classes in mortgage banking, and I love that mm. that part of the industry as well. And I used to initially I would go into offices for my loan officers and give classes to realtors or more or financial planners or what have you. Then when I got licensed and became a salesperson, I started doing them for myself. And I found that it was the number one way for me to make new friends, make new, create new relationships, and also to solidify them and to be recognized as really the top-notch professional, the go-to person if you had a question or if anybody wanted to know, is there a program, is it real, can these people qualify? I mean, it was like Mary's the go-to person because I was out front in front of everybody. I was on stage as well, whether it was in front of offices or at industry events, and that's really how I started to build my business because 
those relationships, people feel more like they know you and they can see you and hear you and watch you and listen to you and ask you questions. So it really helped me a lot, way more than any email campaign or flyers I could hand out or what have you. Um, I also stood out because when we would have industry events where I could put on a presentation, instead of getting up there and talking about these are our programs, yada, 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 like everybody else does, I would find an interest story to tell them. And so then Ooh, it became neat. like, when, oh, Mary's speaking this week. Mary's speaking this week. Let's, I'm, I'm going to be there because she always has something interesting to say. <laughs> they didn't want to hear about my loan programs. I mean, they, they could see that on the flyer. So that's where I really Mary, I got to date us. I got to date us for a minute on something you said. And as mm-hmm. you remember E.F. Hutton, like when E.F. Hutton speaks, you listen. I mean, I'm uh-huh. dating us, but uh-huh. for our listeners <laughs> that remember that, that's you, right? When you speak, people listen. I love that. <laughs> Because I love it. I love telling stories. And I think, I really think that comes from, I have um, nine siblings. I have two older brothers, and then I have seven below me, not brothers and sisters below me. But I think I just grew up telling stories all the time to make them go to sleep or quiet them in the car or whatever. I was like the mini mom. And I think that's where I started to love telling stories. Oh, my gosh. I love that. There's also a piece, too, I think, when, um, just full disclosure for our for our listeners, it's like you also, for many years, since you did your Sue Talk uh, for your art, your Sue Talk, you then now are, that, that also was maybe like a little bit of a tipping point, or how did you get into now also the power and presence? Like, what was the tipping point for you that you said, aha, this is what I'm going to do now because I'm on these stages and I'm speaking on training and people are listening? Were there a bunch of things that just transpired and you said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Or how did that come about? Actually, there was just a couple things before then. I had started to get involved in Toastmasters because I wanted to be a better speaker. And I wanted to take Mm. every opportunity I could and get feedback from different people, et cetera. And then one day you said to me, hey, why don't you do a Sue Talk? And I was like, Hmm. What would I do it on? You go, what would you <laughs> I remember do that and, day. And actually, for me, the title came to me first. Remember, I go, well, I know the title would be Suck It Up, Buttercup. <laughs> what I'm going to do yeah, in there, I'm not I do really remember sure, that. But that was just like, yeah, it was like just from my heart, from my gut. It was like, yeah, suck it up. And I don't know if that was, you know, my own stuff saying, get up there and do this, you know, or if it was encouraging other people to suck it up, Buttercup. Because it's... I, I think I'm pretty tough-skinned and in a kind way, though. I really do. Um, not a That's lot a good way to put me, that. And I, I, I think it's because, um, again, growing up with 10 kids, five brothers, you've got to get tough, you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah, be very tough. true. But, it, yeah, and I think that kind of helped me toughen it up. But then you, I did the Sue Talk, which was huge because it was something much different than I'd ever done before. And I saw a whole different side of speaking. Yeah, I saw a totally different side of speaking, and I thought, this is powerful. This is really powerful. And then when you asked me to help coach some of the speakers, I realized there was so much that I had to give, all my practice and the stuff I'd been studying. And once I started sharing it with the other Sue talkers that I was working with, I started to realize how much I loved it. And Mm. every everybody I coached one after another, it was just really deepening my heart. And people would say to me, my God, Mary, you light up when you talk about the people you're coaching. 
And that's when I went, you know, I got to add something in there, right? Because I do know as one of our long-term Sue Talks coaches, which for our listeners to hear is that, you know, you're, you're just one of the ones that, you know, very, again, there's so many great coaches, but I do know, you know, the women and the man now that you have worked with as Sue Talkers, my gosh, you know, we get such great feedback about you, about how they've really enjoyed, you know, what it is that they've gone through in the journey with you as their coach. So that's, I think that's super, you know, puff up your feathers a little bit because that's pretty, that's a prideful thing and we definitely pay attention to that. You know, one question I want to do before we take a sponsor break and that is, you know, now that now that you have these tipping points and you are now, I mean, you've totally left the mortgage industry. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're yes. done with that. And Power and Presence is your business. Tell us just kind of an overview about what Power and Presence is. Like, what is it that you're doing, knowing that we're going to talk a little bit more after our sponsor break about how to speak easy and speak bold. But what is it that Power and Presence is all about? Power and Presence is about leading CEOs, women that are in leadership positions into uh, presentation skills and not only just being on stage, but even when you're walking in the room, whether it's a boardroom or a networking mm-hmm. event or you're going to be on stage. So taking it the whole presentation and that's the power and presence and getting up there and being a powerful presence and being impactful because uh, these women all have huge messages and they come from so much experience that needs to be shared You know what's interesting is how many women, no, I love it. I love it. And I think how many women that, you know, let's say, you know, there's the kind of like category of professional speakers, but, you know, I know so many women that just say that are at high level executive positions and they're other than death, of course, but they're, they're just freak Mm -hmm. out, you know, scared piece is that if I have to present to a group of people, it is, mm-hmm. it is freaky upon mm-hmm. freaky for so many people. Are you dealing with that type of executive or that type of individual where they're very unsure about speaking in front of a group all over the board? Yes. And it's funny because you get the full spectrum from that exactly what you're talking about to the others that say, oh, I do this all the time and I just wing it from the hip and yet they're not effective. You know, so just because they're brave up there doesn't mean they're effective, but there's definitely ways of getting over that fear. And once women start to share their message and they realize that there is an audience for it, and sometimes when you're in front of an audience, it doesn't mean that you're going to connect with all 200. It might be, but you can change their lives. And that's huge. Mm. When you realize that you're going out there and you can make a difference in someone's life and you can prepare for that, then you can get over those fears. Oh, I love that. I mean, we're going to take a quick break here. Like, seriously, just a few seconds. we got to say thank you to one mm-hmm. of our sponsors. And when mm-hmm. we come back, I'm hoping we can talk more about what you see that women are fearful about, I mean, across the board, of what their concerns are about speaking and, and having that wonderful executive presence. Because that's where I love your business name. And I'm like, that is it, right? We want to make a presence. We want to feel like we have power and influence when we walk into a room. I love your niche. But we'll talk more about that. Give me one second here. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you so much for your support, National University, and a big thank you to all of our sponsors and our partners. 
And now, Mary, we're back to our show. This is Mary Van Dorn, the CEO and founder of Power and Presence. And I'm Michelle, your host today. So, Mary, I'm dying to know more about what are some of the, I guess, you know, maybe concerns, fears that you see women have the most in business um, on trying to achieve more of that power and presence through speaking and being confident and, and the services that you offer. Like what, what are the biggest concerns women have that are at executive levels or CEO levels or that leadership role? Well, it's interesting because some of them are simply afraid of something such as I'm going to stutter. I'm going to forget what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to say. I, I get stuck and I use too many filler words like, um, uh, like, and then I get into a pattern and I can't stop and I lose control of where I'm supposed to be. Others are afraid, if they're really honest, they're afraid of being judged because they're so successful in what they're doing and they've nailed that. They've, they've had years getting to where they are and they've, it's sort of they've learned it step by step. But now this is a huge step. feel like there's like no safety net and they're afraid they're going to be judged up on stage. And Yes, they will be to a degree, to be perfectly honest. We've all sat in audiences and went, this guy's terrible or what have you. But if you can avoid all of that with preparation right, and understanding what it takes. Some of them are afraid, once I get up there, I don't know what to do. Do I stand in my place? I'm going to get frozen. So once you get past the, the most important things and what you put into your talk and your presentation and when it's well prepared and rehearsed, and it kind of gets exciting to get on there, you know, knowing that it might be the lady in the third row back, fourth seat in, that I'm going to change her life right now just because she's going to hear my story because she's going to hear my message. Do you help also with, like, different scenarios of where women are presenting in their career or in their, their business? Like, as an example, you know, I always found when I was in commercial banking that the hardest speaking or presenting quote for me, and this was in the days of, if you can imagine, the overhead projector. Let's just go back a few years, shall mm-hmm. we? But I remember mm-hmm. my, my fear, because I'm a talkie, right? And I always remember my, my most concerning, and where I was a little bit kind of like a lot, you know, more butterflies than I wanted to be, was when I spoke with peers, like, you know, my colleagues, my coworkers, you know, along with the kind of like bosses and, and leaders. But I, I found that more stressful you know, been speaking to a room of like 500 people. I'm curious if what, if you find that women get fearful over different scenarios too as you interact with them. Yeah, that's another form of, you know, like I said, afraid of being judged. These people know me and maybe they have expectations of me. Um, and maybe they know me as a gal that's a lot of fun to be with and I'm always energetic and I have all the answers and all of a sudden I'm up there and if I make mistakes, they're going to think, oh, she's not all that. It doesn't happen. I mean, <laughs> even if you are all that and you make that mistake, they go, oh, man, better her than me. I mean, you know, yeah, people are so much true. more forgiving than, than, than that. They're, they're really not. Um, and also, when I work with people, that there's a lot you can do before you get on stage to get rid of your jitters, besides, you know, all the preparation that goes into it. And we, I work with them. Like, I'll give you an example. If you're going to be at an event and you know a lot of the people there, maybe it's a couple of branches getting together or what have you, you're probably going to be wearing some sort of a lanyard or a card that says speaker or presenter, right? Well, everybody there wants to know who the speakers are. So before the event starts, you're there early, you have your lanyard on, and you're walking through and you see the people you know and they're like, oh my gosh, Michelle, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. And 
you can say thank you and I'm, I'm excited too to be here, etc. And when you find out why are you here, what, do you, what brought you here, or how far did you come, etc. You are engaging with them and they're feeling more connected to you and you're feeling more connected to them. And they're going to say, well, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And they've sort of um, solidified their support of you. You get to know that they're really here like to support you. Yeah, because you're not walking on that stage, from, you know, stepping out of some something. You're coming through the crowd, making friends. And then I also work with people to try to do what I call spotlighting. So when you're on stage and you're talking through something and, some, and you get to a point where you can, you say, it's sort of like when I was talking to Sue earlier today and she was saying that she'd driven down in the traffic from L.A. Like, that's horrible. But you are engaging in them. And now all of a sudden, Sue is sitting up tall because, man, the speaker just acknowledged me. And you see her sit <laughs> up straight. And then everybody else you spoke to is sitting up a little straighter because, I talked to her too. She might mention me. You know, and and they realize that you're a person. You're a person, and they're not going to judge you like that. They're realizing that you're relating to people in this audience, and so it kind of takes that that the veil of separation away. Can I say that's so good? Because you know, you you we've all been you know just for our listeners, man. Think of a time, you know, when you I, I call it when somebody just too on like the on button is so on where it's like they're just almost bigger than life they're not authentic they're just they're showboating mm-hmm. you know and when you for what you're talking about to try to engage the audience somehow is just a tiny touch that you know you're a human being I'm a human being I, I paid attention to you I think that's fabulous I know that the title of our of our you know uh, radio show today is speak easy and speak bold and you have, you know, a kind of like three-step rules of engagement, if I'm correct, right? And the, the something else about the three major influencers. What is the, you know, the 55, 38, 7 rules of engagement? Share what that is, because I think that's really great advice for any presenter to kind of know about, to speak easy and speak bold. Yeah, to, to say it as briefly as I can, I'll try to chop it up pretty quickly here, but when we are presenting in front of an audience, and this doesn't matter if it's on a stage in front of 2,000 or in a boardroom where you're presenting to a board of directors or sales managers or what have you, 55% of your presentation is coming from your body language. So that's an important thing that we work on, body language. We want to always make sure that we're taking up a lot of space. Sometimes we tend to kind of pull our elbows in, and we and we're going to move around a little bit, but also using our hands a lot. And I'm not talking about flapping like Woodstock, right? But <laughs> if you picture, like I tell, sometimes I'll have my speakers go through and say, okay, you're going to t- go through your talk right now with me, and you're not allowed to use your mouth. I know your talk. I want you going through it. And they're using their hands to describe things. No, they're not going to do that on stage. But it's going to help them realize how much they can use their hands because there was a survey done of speakers, and there was about four days of speakers. And at the end of it, they surveyed people to find out who were the best speakers and who were the worst. And one of the things that they found, the speakers that were voted at the bottom, in a 15-minute talk, they used 272 hand gestures, and they were voted at the bottom. The ones that were voted at the top used 475 hand gestures. Because I'm a numbers nerd, I figured it out. And that meant that they had to oh, wow. use some sort of a hand gesture every two seconds. So it has to and be that, like that be, point. Yeah, so I was like, going to say, but that needs to be purposeful, right? 
where your hand yeah. gestures, you, I mean, you don't, because you see people that look like they're just flailing all over. So I love that. How do you yeah. make it purposeful with your hand gestures? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I did. That's sorry. Fine. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, as an example, if I was going to say, this is really important, I would take my three fingers and point to my heart and say, this is really important. Or you can take an open palm and point it to your heart. If you're going to talk about telling three things, you're going to use your fingers, say number one, two, and three. And then you'll say first point mm-hmm. number, on one finger, right? So there's things like that that we work with because we look, we watch people, and that helps us communicate with them, our audience, when they're seeing us. It helps solidify our message. When I say this is really important and I touch my heart, you believe me more than if I just stand there like a robot and say this is really important, right? So that's kind of the body language stuff. And then the next part is 38% of your your presentation is your tone, what we call. And tone can use um, the volume, the pace, how fast you're doing, and then also when we work with pauses. And I like to give a quick examples of this. And if I said, if you were to compare when Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, his talk, we all can hear that in our head. And then if you hear Ronald Reagan saying, Gorbachev, take down that wall, right? They both have different (laughs) pauses. They both have different volume, and they both have different intensity, right? But then take that tone to Marilyn Monroe singing happy birthday, Mr. President, to Kennedy. Like there's a quiet, there's a much lower tone. All of them are memorable because of the tone that they were using. And their message was important too, right? And then the third thing is... 7% 7% content, and content is the words that we're using. Some people will say, well, it's, it's only 7%. It's not that important. But in my mind, that means that your words have to be impeccable. You don't have room for what we call filler words or loose language. Just You've got to get to your point. And that's why those people that get up on stage and use either just bullet points or just wing it, they're not as effective because only 7% is what you say. So that's 7%. You have to have that ready, and that has to be powerful. And those are the three things, putting it in, and that's, that's kind of the importance of all three. I love, can you touch on a little bit, because I see this and I hear about it so much. I mean, we're in, as you know, you are a wonderful long-term member of Connected Women of Influence, and, you know, we're about women gathering together, building relationships, having conversations, but you know, also collaborating and, and supporting one another. And one of the things that I go, I've noticed, one, because I interviewed men for a lot of years, and I, I find women, women have such a high decibel level when they speak. And talk, I mean, maybe you don't see it, but I, I know for me, I was told in my banking career that, Michelle, you got to bring down your decibel level enough. Because I used to have a very high voice. Like, I can go high, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, when I'm stressed mm-hmm. and things like that. And that, 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 my understanding is that's a little bit repelling to the audience. I mean, is it? You know, for you as an expert in, you know, speaking pro-S, it's like, I, you know, your women need to kind of bring down their decibel level a little bit in order to meet all, you know, both genders to get their attention. Because for men, they kind of tune out with that kind of high-level decibel. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, because that's what I see. But what do you think? I personally agree with you in that when women have a really high-pitched voice, that they're almost not taken as serious. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Besides that 
it's not just because they're not deep voices like men. When women say to me, well, I try to speak up in these meetings or boardrooms and they're not listening to me, when you have a high, higher pitch voice and you're talking up like this and you're kind of excited, you're a little bit nervous, but you're staying up here, you might talk faster sometimes and slower, but you're at the same pitch. So it's really hard for them to drop down in their voice, right? But mm-hmm. we also don't, we don't know when anything you're saying is important. Because if you're saying something like, well, I ordered coffee for everybody, and it's all going to be on the table there, and it's going to be down the street in the back, and, and I have this agenda that everybody should be following because there's some really important stuff in there. I've lost you after donuts. But if you say, <laughs> yo, the coffee's in the back, and donuts are over on the left, right? Yeah. They don't listen to me because I have. So you have to bring up that energy. And when you're breathing from the top, like those high pitch, that's like the hardest sound for your vocal cords to make because it's like squeezing out the air. Whereas if you take a right. deep breath and deep and talk deeper in your throat, you can talk longer. You have way more power, and you sound much more powerful than when you pull out the agendas that are in front of you. Then I put agendas in front of you. Like who wants those? I'm not impressed. You don't sound powerful. That's good. I think that is good. And I think so many women can learn from this. I got, we only have a few minutes left, but I'm like dying to go, okay, I would love to have you back on our show for more of this, I got to say. But, you know, you have your own podcast show that I know you're rolling out. So tell a little bit for our listeners to know about your new podcast, the the uh, the that. Speak Easy, Speak Bold podcast, if I'm right, right? Yes, I'm so excited. We'll be rolling it out by the end of the month. And I have a mix in there. There's some solo episodes where I just do some instructional type stuff. There's also speakers that I'm interviewing, some people that I've worked with and others that I haven't, but I think that they have really strong messages. And I'm really excited to share some of those. And I'm excited because I'm collaborating this with my daughter, who is a podcast, winning podcast producer. So I'm really excited for this to, to come Ooh. to fruition. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I ha- and she's a tough trainer. <laughs> she's been tough on I me. I love that. that. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I'm excited to to share this, and I am going to have her on there too because she's um, really talk about what makes a powerful, powerful podcast too. I mean, that's our voices. So many of us are starting podcasts, which is awesome because we have so many things that we can learn. I learned so much from podcasts, and um, having her on there is going to. I'm going to. It'll be one of those, like, stays at the top because I want everybody to be able to hear what it takes to make a powerful podcast besides just me talking about how it's powerful to be on a stage whether or in a boardroom. I mean, these and hearing from our guests on that, too, and how they've gotten where they've gotten. I like to hear how people are using their voices to change not only their lives but their communities, whatever that community is. No, and I I'm think so that's excited. great. And I'm it's so needed. It's It's Oh, mm-hmm. so for our listeners, how can people find out about the show? How do you want people to connect with you? I know we've got a link to your um, web, you know, to your website, maryvandoren.com, but how do you want people to reach out? Is that where they'd hear more about the show, or how do you want to be connected yeah, if people want to reach out to you? Yeah, they can reach it on the show there. I'm Mary Van Doren on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I just say Mary Van Doren, but yeah, or Mary at MaryVanDoren.com, and uh, we'll get to make sure that it'll all be on the website too. There's and yeah, that's awesome. I do, I do, yeah, we do that. I do the one-on-one coaching and I do team coaching, like corporate consulting. So I go in and help teams because salespeople all need to be able to speak well. 
And, you know, Mary, what you're doing right now is so needed in corporate America because we've got these young professionals. You know, I hear it all the time from hiring managers and HR directors in corporate America who we interact with, right, or I do on a regular basis. And Mm -hmm. they're always, Mm -hmm. we have these conversations where the young professionals are coming in and they cannot communicate. Like, they they don't know how to utter words. They don't know, you know, because they're so used to the texting and, you know, never actually interacting with people. (laughs) I call it at a human level, right? They're just texting and and emailing, not even emailing that much. But, you know, I'm really concerned about the communication skills of our up-and-coming leaders. And, you know, I'd love to know your thoughts just in the last few minutes we have, specifically for women, right, because this is a show for, you know, women, is like what, you know, what are one or two things that you can recommend that women would do is just kind of like our final few minutes sections here on what women, as you see it, can do to really – you know, kind of like, you know, increase their power and their presence, which is such a tie-in with your show, which I love. I would say, I remember one thing, when we were in college, my instruct, my speech teacher told me that speech was either the first or last thing kids took because they hated it and wanted to get it over with or they hated it and put it to the very end. And that was a requirement at the time. But I think <laughs> the most important thing is, first of all, us women that have been in the business a long time, we need to turn, reach back, and reach out to help mentor women that are coming up, they might not be ready to, to look for a mentor, but they should. And when we were growing up, we used to deal with queen bees who wouldn't help the women coming up behind them because they're afraid they'd be taken, yeah. their spot would be taken. But that's not, because it, it was limited at the top. And now that, that sea level is expanding wonderfully. And it, they are, we are encouraged to climb up through the top. So if we can reach back and help, that's, I, I think that's our job as, as the older, I'll say, as the older women, the more experienced women, and then young women coming up, find yourself a mentor. Somebody once told me, have yourself three to five mentors. You can have a mentor in business, in relationships, in fashion, in exercise, in food, whatever you want, but find your mentors, even if you don't know them, and just follow them. But definitely in business, get to know at least two mentors that, that are willing to help you. And they're easy I love to find, that. even if you start on social media. You know, a really interesting point is I think I just want to make sure we really emphasize this is that you brought up the idea that you can have more than one mentor. And I think that's super important today. Like I, it's not one and done or one forever, right? I mean, you can have mentors that Mm -hmm. that specialize, you know, as not coaches, we're not talking coaches, I'm talking mentors, you know, that, you know, for an area, you know, that maybe you're looking for just a little different um, support or advocacy on. But I love that. You know, we literally are at the final point of the show. And so I always ask my guests this for my podcast. So I'm curious, what can you leave us with that would be just motivational and inspirational and want everybody to just kind of like get done with the show and go, I'm going to go take action and do something. What is it you want to leave us with? High powered here. No, no pressure. No pressure, except I truly, truly believe that every single one of us, whatever it is that like, that excites your heart, there's a message in there, and you need to share it. Start sharing it with your friends or what have you. Start doing it in a blog. Start doing it on Instagram. But start sharing your messages, and you'll find that there's a lot of people that relate to you, and you'll, you'll start building a community that way, and you'll start building support that way. But just start sharing your message, whatever platform you have to. I love that. 
Share your message, people. There you go. You have learned about how to speak mm-hmm. easy, speak bold. If you want to listen to Mary's podcast, again, go to maryvandorn.com. Um, if you want to reach Mary, I believe, did I get it right, Mary? It's mary at maryvandorn.com is the email for you. And I just want to say thank Perfect. you to you for being our leading lady today, and I would love to have you back. Um, love what your show series is about and what you do, because at the end of the day, communication is such an important element, no matter how smart all of us are as women or leaders or, you know, what we do in business. So I love your specialty and I want to wish you the very best of luck and thank you for today. And to our listeners, I want to say thank you to you. We are so excited about your loyalty and that is most of you know that listen, we're here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And we are super exciting, an international show with million over a million point seven listeners. So we're excited about that. Thank you to the different countries that listen. Yeah. Um, We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show. And today, if any of you don't catch the live version, we are available on all the subscription podcasts, but specifically Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple Podcasts, and of course, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. So for that, it is Friday. Have a very wonderful weekend. Mary, thank you again. And I have really nothing other to say than speak easy, speak bold, and make sure you amplify your power and presence. Have a great weekend. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.